When your complexion is distressed, send up a skincare SOS. Well, hello everyone on Fashionability and a very warm and sunny welcome back here to the channel. Today, myself and Laura are joining forces to talk about a subject which is very relevant for this warm time of the year and that is protecting your skin against the sun. Now, we all know when we are jetting away on holiday or when the weather gets a little bit warmer in our native land that we should put on a bit of sunscreen but I'm willing to bet that we are all guilty of not protecting our skin enough from the sun. Be honest, we've all done it and there are a variety of reasons for that. So today myself and Laura are going to be talking about some of our tips for protecting our skin against the sun and as well as that particular things that we like to use to protect our skin from the sun. So Laura is going to be talking about this subject alongside myself. I am going to be mainly focusing on the aspects of SPF and sunscreens and protecting your skin against the sun using sunscreens. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I am very passionate about this subject and because I do have some background knowledge in this subject. I work for a beauty company that sells SPFs and so because I'm a sales assistant for that company, I am expected to know about SPFs and how to explain them to customers. But alongside that, my mother used to work for a very affluent skincare company. And one of their main key ethoses was to do with protecting your skin against the sun. So she was always teaching me about SPFs and the skin and different things like that. And because I am very fascinated with anatomy and biology and science, I have always had a key interest in this subject. So I'm going to try and explain this to the best of my abilities, but if after this episode you are still miffed, then I would definitely suggest doing a little bit of research of your own and reading up online a bit more about SPFs and sunscreen if you are still in doubt. But today I'm going to be covering a few topics. I'm going to be covering what sunscreen is, what SPF is, how to choose what SPF you need to buy and some of the key things to remember when you are in the sun to protect your skin from the sun and how to use and manage your SPF. Because there are a lot of mistakes that we have all made in life when surrounding SPF and because of that I think it's very important that we are all in the know about SPF because Alongside the fact that the sun can age and severely damage your skin, it's also very dangerous because skin cancer is a very common and prevalent form of cancer. And according to statistics from the cancer research charity here in the UK, 86% of cases are preventable. So that tells you something. So it's not just a case of it being for vanity, it's also a very important concern for your health. So, without further ado, I am going to get on into my segment of this show today and talk mainly about sunscreen and SPF. And I'm also going to be sharing with you two of my favourite SPF-related products in this episode as well. But before I get on to that, let's first of all get the basics out of the way. Let's talk about sunscreens and SPFs. Now, let's talk about the first and foremost topic what is sunscreen and how does it work? So sunscreen or SPFs work by combining active organic ingredients and chemicals like zinc oxide and titanium oxide to reflect ultraviolet rays from your skin. And the way that it does this is in very simple terms, the way you have to think of it is imagine your skin without a sunscreen. It has no protection from the sun, which means all of the sun can get onto your skin and can cause damage. But when you wear an SPF, it essentially creates a sieve light. It essentially creates a sieve-like effect on your skin, and it refracts or deflects the sun's rays from your skin, so that only a smaller amount of the UV rays can penetrate your skin. 
UV rays, or ultraviolet radiation rays as they are called, are rays that are produced by the sun. These rays can penetrate through the Earth's atmosphere and cause damage and inflammation to your skin. There are two types of UV rays that you need to worry about and you need to think about when applying sunscreen. The first is the UVA ray, or as it's more commonly known, the ageing ray. The ageing ray is essentially a ray that penetrates deeper into the skin, all the way to the dermis. The dermis is the second deepest layer in your skin. The skin is made up of three layers, the epidermis, which is the top layer, the dermis, which is the middle layer, and the subcutaneous fatty layer, which is at the bottom. Now, the ageing ray penetrates into the dermis and causes damage to your skin cells, causing them to damage over time so that they can't renew themselves, which is why you get ageing with this ray. The UVA ray causes ageing or photoaging, causing your skin to wrinkle over time. So it's very important that you use an SPF, especially on your face and especially all year round because the UVA ray is present for the whole entire year. Unlike the UVB ray, the UVA ray never, ever, ever goes away and it never, ever loses its power. So it's widely recommended by skincare experts to use an SPF of some description into your skincare routine. There are lots of different types of SPFs that you can buy for skincare products, whether it's an SPF on its own or in a moisturiser, but I would definitely suggest that you do some research and find one that works for you. However, one thing that I often see come up in beauty products is a lot of foundations and primers and even concealers that have a kind of SPF in them. Now, personally, I really don't buy into this whole marketing scheme because of the fact that the amount of foundation or primer that you would need to put on to get the optimum effect of the SPF to protect your skin against the UVA ray would be absolutely ridiculous. You would have to apply bucket loads of the product to actually get the SPF that you would need onto your skin. So personally, I would always say to either go with a moisturizer with an SPF or to go with an SPF on its own because using a foundation with an SPF simply wouldn't cut it. Personally, I always use a SPF just after I've applied my moisturiser and my serum, before I'm going to start on my makeup, and it's something that I have done for quite a long time, and I would say the younger you get into it, the better. So it doesn't matter if you're a teenager, it doesn't matter how old you are, actually applying SPF and getting into that routine at an early age really will benefit your skin. I started to apply SPF from the age of 12 and I still do it now. Now, let's talk about UVB rays. The UVB ray or the burning ray is the ray that is responsible for sunburn. The reason for this is because it permeates to the epidermis, not quite as far as the ageing ray, but it certainly does do its own share of damage to the skin. The UVB ray permeates to the epidermis and it causes the skin to produce something called melanin. Now, melanin is the reason why we tan, but excess exposure to UVB rays means that we get sunburn, which causes very painful, inflamed, red, sore and tight feeling skin. And it can be very uncomfortable and excess exposure to the sun without SPFs is also hazardous for your health. Now, one of the biggest misconceptions that surrounds SPFs is that if you apply an SPF or a sunscreen, that means that you won't develop a tan. Now, this is, of course, not true, and it's one of the biggest misconceptions that surrounds sunscreens and SPFs, and it's often one of the reasons why people choose not to apply a sunscreen or don't apply enough sunscreen. Now, the fact is, is that you will tan, and here's why. An SPF is designed to essentially filter out a percentage of the sun's UV rays. And depending on the number of the SPF that you have will determine how much of a percentage that of the sun's UV rays are filtered out. So let's just take an example here. Let's say that you have a sunscreen with an SPF of 15. What this means is that 1 15th of the sun rays are able to penetrate your skin or around 7%. So that filters out around 93% of the sun's UVB rays from entering your skin. And the higher the SPF, 
the higher that percentage becomes. So it depends on what SPF you're using, the percentage of your skin that is protected from the sun's UVB rays. So what this means is that you will still develop a tan even with using a sunscreen. It just means that that tan will take a bit longer to develop as opposed to what it would be if you wasn't using a sunscreen. But that is a small price to pay and personally I would much rather have a little bit of a longer process to develop my tan as opposed to not applying sunscreen and having that awful excruciating feeling of sunburn and damaging my skin because essentially that is what sunburn is you have burnt your skin you have damaged it it's inflamed and it's not something that I think we should all be doing regularly to get a tan so the options are either use an SPF wait for your tan to develop over a slower period of time or if you want a quick fix and want that instant glow to your skin then the best option is to simply go out and purchase a self tanner there are lots of different options on the market from gradual tans to instant tans spray tans as well so it can be a really easy process to get that summer glow to your skin without having to risk the damage to your skin with sunburn and on the note of self-tanning, if you would like to listen to one of our recent episodes, we did a recent episode where we talked all about self-tanning products and some of our favourite self-tanners that we use on a regular basis. So if you would like to listen to that, that will give you some ideas on what self-tanning products are out there and some of the ones that we personally use. Now, let's talk about SPFs and how to actually determine how long you can be out in the sun with an SPF because often this is the subject that people get a bit confused on it's a case of okay I've got an SPF of let's say 20 so how long can I stay out in the sun for with this SPF so let me try and explain this in the simplest way I can it does involve a degree of maths and this will differ depending on what SPF you have and how quickly you burn on average it takes around 20 minutes for the skin to start burning under the sun's uvb rays but of course this will differ from person to person some people with paler skin might burn quicker whereas people with more darker skin tones tend to burn a little bit more slower but of course this is just an estimate and each person is different so the best way of determining how quickly you burn is to see when you're out in the sun how your skin reacts to the sun after a period of time you'll start to feel like your skin is tingling it will get a little bit tight it'll get a bit sore inflamed and you'll start to feel like your skin is burning now of course if you can see as well your skin might turn a shade of pink as you start to burn but on average the rough estimate for how long it takes for the skin to start burning under the sun's uvb rays is around 20 minutes so let's take this as an example let's say that you take 20 minutes to start burning under the sun's uvb rays let's say that you have an spf of 15 sunscreen so theoretically you are protected from reddening 15 times longer as opposed to what you would be without a sunscreen so that means that you can stay out in the sun theoretically for five hours but of course this is not an exact measurement that you should go by and the reason is this so even though you might have a high SPF, even higher than this, because, you know, I use a SPF of 30 because I've got very, very pale skin and I've got red hair. But your SPF doesn't last that full amount of time. And here's why. So there are a few things that can cause a sunscreen to lose its potency and its power. And they are this. There are a few things that can cause a sunscreen to lose its potency. The first is heat. So the heat can cause the chemicals in a sunscreen to fade and to lose their potency and their power. So that's why it's always advised if you go on holiday and you're in a really hot climate and you have had your sunscreen out on the beach and you've had it in your hotel room where it's been really hot, then it's advised that after you get back off your holiday, you simply throw your sunscreen away and replace it with a new one because the likelihood is that the heat has changed the chemical structure of your sunscreen and it will no longer be effective. 
The other thing that can make your sunscreen change in its potency is water. So when you come into contact with water with sunscreen, often the water makes it all wash off or it weakens the chemical structure of a sunscreen so that it's no longer as effective. So let's say that you've put on your SPF of 15 sunscreen and it's about 12 o'clock and then you decide about 3 o'clock to go out for a swim in the sea or you take a dip in the pool on holiday. So that means that a lot of the chemicals of that sunscreen have been washed off in the water and you are no longer as protected and also the sand becomes more powerful in the water with the refraction and the reflection of the water. So what you would then need to do is you would need to come out of the water, dry yourself down and then apply sunscreen afresh because water damage really does affect the amount of sunscreen that is effective and it really does affect how powerful the SPF is is on your skin and if you have been in contact with water your SPF will no longer be as effective as it was when you first applied it. The other thing you need to consider when you are applying a sunscreen is are you applying enough because often people don't apply nearly enough sunscreen as they should and it's simply a case of just smoothing a little bit onto their legs and arms and they are not as plentiful as they should be. So what is so what is recommended is that you apply a tablespoon amount on each limb. So for example, let's say you have two pumps and that's around a tablespoon worth. So you would do a tablespoon on one leg, same on the other leg, on the arms as well, on the back, the torso, also the face as well. Although personally, I always use a separate SPF for my face because I find that they're quite thick on my face otherwise. And that is enough to keep you covered. So a lot of the time people don't use enough SPF and they can still burn if they don't use enough SPF. Then there are, of course, other things you need to consider. So you need to cover up your head. You need to make sure that you are protecting your shoulders, that you use clothing that is protective against the sun. And just take precautions to keep yourself hydrated as well. Because when you experience sunburn, you are often very dehydrated and your skin becomes very dehydrated. So alongside using things like after sun and keeping your skin cool, you really need to drink plenty of water to make sure that the skin is getting enough nutrients and enough hydration from the water. Because fun fact, the skin is actually the largest organ of the entire body, but it's the organ that gets the least amount of water. So it's the last on the pecking order. So when you get sunburned, make sure that you drink enough water so that your skin is hydrated. So I've explained a little bit about SPFs and sunscreens and I really, really hope that helped you to understand it and to get a grasp of how to choose the sunscreen that you're using. Just remember the things you need to take into consideration is how quickly do you burn? You know, where are you going to be going? Make sure that you replace your sunscreen after a holiday. And also you need to make sure that you replace your sunscreen every year. So what something people do is often when they've opened their sunscreen, they will write on the lid or they'll put a label on it somewhere and make a note of when they opened it. And then a year from that date of opening, they will replace it and get a new one because that is what is recommended that you do. Because again, because a sunscreen is made of chemicals, you need to make sure that it's getting replaced. Otherwise, after a year, the chemical structure is no longer effective and the SPF will no longer be working. And of course, that doesn't even take into consideration how hot it is. So if you've been somewhere very hot, you need to replace it sooner than that. Now, I wanted to share with you my two favourite sun care products that I use on a regular basis. Now, the first one is a sun care product for your face. And it's from a brand called Ren. Ren is a Swedish-based skincare company and their whole ethos is around clean beauty products and skincare products in particular. And they are a company that is cruelty-free, they're vegan-friendly, they don't contain any animal-derived ingredients in them. They also have a lot of their packaging being completely 100% recyclable as well. So they're a great company in terms of ethics and they are widely available. You can get them here in the UK and you can also get them in the US in Sephora from what I've been told. So it's a great brand if you are interested in ethical skincare and things like that. And the product I wanted to mention is a new release from them and I've been using it for 
are I think around sort of five months now and it's one that I've really really come to love and it's their Ren Clean Screen Mineral SPF 30 Mattifying Sunscreen. I love this product for a few reasons. First being that it is effective, it works really well, it really does protect my skin. I actually took it with me on a recent holiday where I went to Windsor for a water skiing holiday and I only had a sunscreen on my face and the rest of me was completely unprotected because I thought I'm going to be wearing a wetsuit, I won't need to bring a sunscreen with me and also it had said on the weather forecast for that day that it was not going to be sunny, that it was going to be overcast so I didn't think I needed one but I got there and the sun came out in its full force and by the end of the day, my hands, which were completely exposed to the sun, were burnt with sunburn. My face was completely fine. So I discovered that that day it was really effective. But I also discovered that I should never, ever, ever leave the house in summer months without a sunscreen in my bag because the weather can lie to you. So that was a discovery for me. But it is really effective. I also love it because it feels matte on the skin. It has a really great texture to it. It really mattifies very quickly and it sinks into the skin. Skin. One thing I find with SPFs for me is that I really don't like any that feel too dense on the skin or too greasy or oily. This one has an amazing texture to it. It really does sink into the skin quickly and dry and matte. So it's great if you're popping it on before you're doing your makeup. And I really like it for that reason. It has some nice ingredients in there. It's mineral based. It has zinc, rice starch and passion fruit. So it feels really, really nice on the skin. And it has a great smell to it as well. It smells very fruity and sweet. The other reason I like this so much is because it's a clean mineral-based sunscreen. So mineral-based sunscreens and SPFs are becoming a really, really hot topic of conversation in the beauty world at the moment. And the reason for this is because there's been a lot of conversation about how a lot of chemical-based sunscreens, which are quite a prevalent thing, are actually damaging and bleaching the coral reef life in our oceans. So a lot of people are becoming very concerned about this. And also it has been discovered that using a lot of chemical-based sunscreens can actually have damaging effects on our bodies because the chemicals are being absorbed into our skin. So a lot of people are becoming really interested in finding mineral clean sunscreens that don't damage either us or the coral reef life so it's just food for thought really i mean everyone's got their own preferences but for me personally that's why i love it so much and it is a really nice product it isn't cheap it is 30 pounds for a tube but it does last you quite a while because i've had mine for about five months i use it every day and i've still got plenty left so it is really good value for money and it does last you quite a long time as well so if you're in the market for a spf for your face that doesn't feel greasy that is clean cruelty free and vegan and recyclable then this is a really good shout for you my next recommendation is more of a brand overview, although there is a particular product that I use from them. And the brand is called Sunsmart, and they are the own in-house brand that is sold by Marks & Spencers or M&S, which is a exclusive here in the UK. So I do apologise to any of my US followers, but that is the good thing about having one co-founder from the US and one co-founder from the UK so that we can recommend things that might only be available to us where we live in either the US or the UK, but it means that everybody's got options no matter where you're from. The reason I like this particular brand is because I have been researching into clean sunscreens that don't bleach the coral reef life after reading some articles about chemical-based sunscreens and how they have an effect on not only us but the coral reef life. And this one came up as a recommendation to UK people who are interested in this particular topic and want to find some alternatives to chemical-based sunscreens. So this was a recommendation so this was a recommendation that came up. And the particular product that I use from them is the Sensitive Moisture Protect sun lotion with an SPF of 30. It's really affordable. It only costs £6.50 for 200 ml, so I think that's really good value for money. But they have other products. They have spray-on products. They have lower SPFs, so they do have quite a lot of sun care products in their brand. And the other great thing about them is that they are cruelty-free as well. And one thing that I try to find is cruelty-free sun care because a lot of the big well-known brands that do sun care 
are unfortunately testing animals and I try to find cruelty free products wherever I can. So this was a great brand for that and they are affordable as well and they are Leaping Bunny approved so they're a great brand for that. And they are also a clean sunscreen brand that don't contain any of the chemicals that bleach the coral reef life from my research that I did on this topic. So something else about this particular product that I love is that it's really lightweight and because it's a sensitive type it's really really soothing on the skin it doesn't feel really dense or too thick I like sunscreens that really do sink into the skin I don't like feeling sticky or uncomfortable and this is a great product for that now it is also fragrance free and it does claim to be water resistant however I never really pay attention to this whether it's water resistant or not because I would never be the sort of person to go into the water with an SPF on and then come out and not apply it again because I know that the SPF always does wear off with the water so I never really take notice of that but it does say that it is water resistant but to be honest I personally would never never take advantage of that but personally I would never really pay much heed to that anyway but that's just me personally anyway from the research I've done into this subject it's made with vitamin E so it's really moisturizing for the skin as well and I just really like it. It's a great brand, great ethos, affordable. They've got a variety of products and they're just a nice alternative to some of the other ones that I've previously used in other years. And they're just as affordable as alternatives that I did use before. So it's a really great one to try. And if you're in the UK and in the market for a quarter free clean sunscreen, then I would definitely give this a try because it's a really nice product. And I think that a lot of the in-house brands that companies do are often overlooked and it's a shame because they have some amazing products. So there you go. That is my other recommendation for sunscreens. And those are the two that I personally use, but I am looking into more alternatives for chemical-based sunscreens. So if you would like me to do an episode in the future on clean sunscreens and mineral-based sunscreens, let me know and when I've done a bit more research and tried more products I would definitely do this in the future. So that concludes my contribution to this episode today on my favourite sunscreens and my tips and advice on how to understand and negotiate sunscreens and SPF. I really hope you found this interesting and useful but if you are still in doubt after listening to this episode then I would say do a bit more research online read some of the really comprehensive articles about the subject and they are really, really useful and helpful. So thank you so much for listening to today's show. I really, really hope you enjoyed it. Do be sure that you check out other episodes in the series and do stay tuned for more summer-related episodes and I will speak to you soon. Bye for now. listen to our previous episode on sunless tanning then you know that one of the points we tried to make in that episode was that if you wanted that beautiful bronzed golden glow do it without the sun however if you find yourself out in the sun whether you want to catch a few rays whether you are at a festival or just going back and forth to work every day you still need to protect your skin so in this episode Emily and I are going to talk about sunscreen products some facts and science behind sunscreens and some of our favorites that we use and that we can recommend to you Emily is more of an expert when it comes to skin care than am I. So when I was doing my research for this episode, I decided to do it in the format of a Q&A because I had questions and I wanted to know about some of the myths and facts about sunscreen. So here were my questions. Number one, is sunscreen really necessary? Isn't it good enough to wear clothing out in the sun? Perhaps a floppy hat or long sleeves? Well, yes, it's helpful, but I discovered that the answer is that clothing is not 100% protective, although if you do wear a floppy hat and sunglasses and long sleeves, that does go a long way 
to shading your skin. But the sun rays, the ultraviolet, UVA, and UVB rays are all around you, and you can even get sunburned from the reflection off water. In fact, any skier will tell you it's possible to get a sunburn while skiing down a mountainside, both from the reflection of the sun on the snow as well as the sun behind clouds because the rays are everywhere. It's ultraviolet, which means that you can't see it. It's part of a color spectrum beyond our eyes' ability to perceive it. And there are different kinds of rays. There are the ultraviolet A rays, which are considered the aging rays, and the ultraviolet B rays, which are considered the burning rays. In order to really protect yourself, you do need a combination of clothing as well as sunscreen. But another question I had was, question, does clothing have an SPF? And the answer is, yes, it does. A typical cotton t-shirt has an SPF of about seven. Now, a shirt with a tighter weave has a little bit more sun protection factor. A darker color also has a greater sun protection factor. But some clothing can be as protective as an SPF 3, which is practically nothing. And of course, the more you wear it and wash it, the less protective that garment becomes because the fibers of the garment become looser and they therefore lose their weave that keeps the sun rays off your skin. So a newer garment is going to be more protective than your old ratty t-shirt and shorts. And I found it interesting that there are some additives that are color protectants that claim it also has a bit of UV protection in it. And the idea is that it protects the colors of the garment from fading, although it also claims that it can help add a bit of sun protection factor to the garment itself, thereby being more protective of your skin. But again, the older the garment is and the more times it's been washed, the less protective it will be. But if you're going to go out in the sun and you're incredibly pale or you have a tendency to burn easily, then the more covered you are, the better. So a wide-brimmed hat, big sunglasses, a long-sleeved shirt. You know, back in days of yore, they used to carry around parasols. Women would carry around a protective, decorative little parasol, which was meant to be similar to an umbrella, but they're usually smaller. They're just meant to provide a bit of shade. They sometimes had a little fringe on them or little flowers or some kind of decorative doodads. And, uh, you know, something that is a throwback to, I guess, the Victorian era. I don't see ladies with parasols anymore. But that is how women used to keep the sun off their face. But I thought that was interesting about clothing and SPF. Now, you can actually buy clothing that is specifically sun protective. In Australia, where there is the greatest incidence of skin cancer, they have developed a different sun protection nomenclature with respect to clothing. They've come up with what I think of as a rather confusing system whereby on a garment there can be a hang tag with a number on it that says 30 or 40, for example. And the 30 means that that garment has a sun protection factor that allows only one-thirtieth of the sun's rays to penetrate the garment, whereas a garment that has a hang tag that's labeled 40 means that that garment allows for one-fortieth of the sun's damaging rays to penetrate that garment. Well, what does that mean in real terms? I mean, obviously, the greater the number, the greater the sun protection factor, and they have a different way of referring to it. They don't call it SPF. They call it something like UPR, 
ultraviolet protection writing. They have a, a bit of a different system. And so since that is a little on the confusing side, there's another rating system that's used in Australia that's a little simpler, good, very good, or excellent, where excellent is that the fabric protects you from 97% or more of the sun's rays. Very good protects you from 93% to 97% of the sun's rays. And good is obviously less than that. So good, very good, and excellent is probably easier for most people to understand. If you're buying a garment with a UP rating of excellent, then you know that at least 97% of the sun's rays are being blocked by this garment, which seems like it could be pretty good. Question. Does it really make a difference whether or not you wear SPF 15 versus SPF 30? Does it matter if I wear SPF 80 or some tremendously high number? Answer. Sort of. SPF 15 is less protective than SPF 30 or SPF 40. From what I've read from the skincancer.org website, the real truth of the matter is that the number of protection, the protective factor, 15 versus 30 or 40, isn't quite as important as you may think. Because what really matters about sunscreen is how you apply it, how much you apply it, and how often you reapply it. Because skin cancer can show up in weird places on your body. The fact that you apply sunscreen doesn't necessarily mean you can't still get skin cancer on an area of the body that isn't exposed to the sun. The trick with sunscreen is that you must apply it as directed. If you've never actually read the instructions on how to apply sunscreen, I recommend that you do. Because if you do, you will discover that the ideal way to wear sunscreen for the greatest benefit is to apply it at least 30 minutes before sun exposure. You should apply the sunscreen liberally. That means like a quarter of a cup of sunscreen all over your body. It sounds like a lot, but they really want you to slather it on and put it over every inch of your body that's going to be directly exposed to the sun. Even if you're wearing long pants, for example, don't forget your ankles. Don't forget the tops of your feet. Don't forget that little divot between your nostrils and the tip of your nose. Don't forget your upper lip. Don't forget the tops of your ears or your earlobes. And don't forget the back of your neck. Every place the sun can hit you is a place that can be damaged by the sun's burning rays. So apply the sunscreen 30 minutes before you go out in the sun. Apply sunscreen liberally and it should be reapplied every two hours. I know, that seems like a lot. But the fact of the matter is, if you're out in the sun, chances are you're sweating and you're wiping your forehead or you're rinsing off after you go swimming. You're wiping the sunscreen off your skin and it wears away that protection. Especially if you plan to go out in the sun for the day. If you're going to Disneyland, for example, if you're going to the beach, then sunscreen should be reapplied every two hours. Question. What about waterproof sunscreen? Is waterproof sunscreen more protective? Answer. Well, sort of. Waterproof sunscreen really isn't waterproof. At least, it's not waterproof for more than a couple of minutes. It'll protect you if you're taking a dip in the ocean, but... If you read the label on most sunscreens, they'll tell you the protection factor is only going to last anywhere from 40 to 60 or 80 minutes, after which it is recommended that you reapply. 
And the waterproof factor isn't 100% because if it was, your skin couldn't breathe. You want your skin to be able to breathe somewhat, so you don't want something that is like applying saran wrap to your skin. Your skin still needs to sweat and your skin still needs to breathe. If you use waterproof sunscreen and you have sensitive skin, then you already know it's probably going to give you some sort of irritation, whether that's a rash, it's going to make your skin feel a little itchy, it could be incredibly drying. And if you're going to spend the day swimming and sunbathing and then getting back into the pool and eating lunch outside at the barbecue, then taking another dip in the pool, then drying off in the sun, you still need to reapply the sunscreen frequently, even more frequently if you're going in the water. Question, what about this recent report about ingredients in sunscreen being detected in the bloodstream after it's been applied to the skin? Answer, It's true. I looked this up and I read the report on the Journal of American Medical Association um, and a couple of the other reports, the medical reports that were written in the science journals about this. And the truth is, after you apply sunscreen to your skin, a couple of the ingredients There's been some dispute as to whether it's two or four or how many of these ingredients do penetrate your skin, which stands to reason your skin is like a sponge. It's porous. So what you apply to the skin, whether it's a nicotine patch, a pain patch, sunscreen, or whatever it may be, it's going to penetrate your skin and enter into your bloodstream. But That's not really the controversy. The fact that the chemicals penetrate your skin and enter into your bloodstream isn't problematic. It's what ingredients are they? And a couple of the ingredients were determined to be known carcinogens. I believe one of those ingredients was hydroquinone, which has been tested and thought to be a potential carcinogen. Now, does that mean if you put this on your skin, you're going to get cancer? No. It just means that it is known to cause problems in lab rats, and whether or not it's directly related to any sort of cancer remains to be seen, but it is a bit of a concern. To the degree that it is a concern is still a matter of dispute and disagreement. Some scientific journals seem to think it's inconclusive. Some seem to think it's trace elements of this ingredient. So minuscule, in fact, as to be trivial. So the jury is still out on whether these ingredients are harmful. That led me to wonder whether or not it would matter if you used clean sunscreen products. So I did a little bit of research and I found that there are quite a few sunscreen products out there that are considered clean. And clean, as you know from some of our previous shows on skincare products, means that they are free of sulfates, phthalates, mineral oils, formaldehyde, oxybenzone, any of the harmful chemicals or ingredients that are not necessary in skincare products. And there are several companies that produce clean sunscreens. That means they're natural, they may be mineral-based, like zinc oxide, for example, that pose more of a physical barrier to the sun's damaging rays rather than a chemical barrier. One of them in particular that I looked at that I really like, that I would recommend to you, is one by a company called Supergoop. Isn't that a funny name? I love that name, Supergoop. They have one that I've tried called Unseen Sunscreen. And It's called that because one of the negatives about sunscreen, which keeps people from using it at times, is that when you apply sunscreen to your skin, it can leave a white-ish cast on your skin until it fully absorbs, which can be 20 to 30 minutes. And if you are dashing to get out the door because you've got to go to work 
or you're going to meet some people or whatever it may be and you slapped a bunch of sunscreen on your face if it leaves a white cast it's going to be there for a few minutes unless you're really careful to rub it in thoroughly and completely so the super goop unseen sunscreen claims that when you apply it to your skin it does not leave a white cast nor does it leave a shiny sort of oily looking residue now i mentioned in our previous episode where we talked about self tanners that sunscreen does something horrible to my skin I break out no matter what sunscreen I use, and it always feels thick and cakey and gloppy and sticky and heavy and sweaty on my face. And inevitably, after I put it on the next day, I can count on breakouts to begin. It's really frustrating. But the super goop unseen... See, I can't even say it. It's a tongue twister. The Supergoop Unseen Sunscreen is one of the clean sunscreens. There's no hydroquinone. Again, you know, the jury's still out on some of this science, but it's also safer for the environment if you're not using some of these chemicals. And so if you find something that is considered a clean product, it has clean ingredients or natural ingredients that are sustainable, eco-friendly, they're not harmful to the skin or the environment. And this Super Goop product is very thin, which is one of the reasons I like it. It has a very thin, watery consistency, which is better for my skin. So when I apply it, I can count on the fact that it disappears into my skin, it absorbs quickly, it's light and watery as opposed to lotiony and thick, and it's great for applying to my face. Now, when you're applying to your face, you're using far less of it than you are using on the rest of your body. And a lot of times, these facial sunscreens can be pretty pricey, and Supergoop is no exception. This one is, I think it's $38 US. That's a lot of money for a sunscreen. But you're not applying that much as compared to the rest of your body. So, question. What is a good, economical, effective sunscreen? Answer. According to Consumer Reports, one of the best, most effective, and most economical sunscreens is a sunscreen by Trader Joe's. I'm not kidding. Trader Joe's is a company here in the U.S. You don't have Trader Joe's in the U.K., I don't believe. But they make a sunscreen that's $8. And, you know, that's well within my budget. And it comes in a pretty good-sized bottle, so you get quite a bit of it for $8. And so I feel like because it's less expensive, I can use a lot more of it. So I really do lather it all over me. I mean, I just slop it on before I go outside. I put it all over every exposed area of my skin and even some areas that are not exposed. Don't forget if you're wearing a V-neck top or a scoop neck top, don't forget the tops of your shoulders, your collarbones, and your chest. Every part of your skin that's exposed to the sun should be protected. So if you buy the Trader Joe's brand sunscreen for $8 and spend a little bit more money on something that your skin can tolerate well on your face, you'll be covered for the summer and your skin will be protected. To summarize, sunscreen is most effective when used as directed. Apply it 30 minutes before you go out reapply frequently, apply liberally, and don't forget all the little places on your face and elsewhere on your body, the tops of your hands, the back of your arms, any place that the sun might hit should be well covered by sunscreen. Do use an SPF that is above 15. The greater the SPF, the more protection you get, but just remember, the protection is only effective if you use it as directed. SPF 50, 70, 80 
is not necessarily any more effective than SPF 20 or 30. It just means it has more chemicals in it. So if you use the sunscreen as you're supposed to, SPF 15 or 20 or 30 should be sufficient. You don't really get any more benefit by increasing that SPF sun protection factor number. Remember to reapply after you get out of the water, even if it says waterproof. And experiment with a couple of different sunscreens to find something that your skin responds well to, that doesn't make you break out, that you can afford, and that you can trust to keep you from getting burned. Because a sunburn is damage, visible damage to your skin, as is a tan and the fastest way to determine that your skin is being damaged by the sun is to notice that it turns color and when your skin is turning color we call that a tan if the tan is produced by exposure to sun you are doing damage to your skin it's really a bit of a misnomer to call it a healthy tan because a tan is not in and of itself healthy. It may look healthy, it may give you that beautiful glowy look, but a suntan in and of itself is not really considered healthy. But you can still get that healthy looking glow with glotion, tan in a can, fake bake, the sunless tanners that Emily and I told you about in our previous episode. Don't use a tanning bed. Use something like a sunless tanner or a self-tanner, as they're also called. But if you don't want to put something like that on your face, if you've tried some of these sunless tanners and they're great on your body, but they wreak havoc on the skin on your face, which some of them really do. I've found that many self-tanners make me break out. There is another way to get a healthy-looking glow on your face, and that's coming up in our next episode because we're going to do a show on bronzers. Whether you use a liquid bronzer or a powder bronzer, you can still get that great-looking sun-kissed glow on your face without exposure to the sun or without using a sunless tanner. So that will be our next episode all about So I hope this was informative for you, and I know between my segment and Emily's expertise, you got a lot of information about sunscreen. The bottom line is, use it, use it liberally, use it often, and use it every time you go out. You're listening to the Fashionability Channel Podcast, your guide to accessible style. Finally, style within reach of everyone. Follow us on Twitter at Inclusive Style or on Facebook at facebook.com slash fashionability. Write to us at fashionabilitychannel at gmail.com. Download the Fashionability Channel podcast from iTunes, Blueberry, Google Play, or from fashionabilitychannel.com. Thanks for listening.